awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as a lamb. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. I want to continue with the message I had, uh, God's miracle plan for his children. And uh, you can read that from uh, Isaiah chapter 8, verse 18. The scripture is very clear. I and the children which you have given to me, we are for signs and wonders. Please don't forget that. We are for signs and wonders for Israel, from the Lord our God to Israel. So that's our portion. There are certain things that God has done for the believer. And we need to get a hold of those things. And even if they seem not to be working in your life at that particular point, that doesn't mean the word is not true. Even if it's not working for pastor's life, that doesn't mean the word of God is not true. You can't take pastor or whoever it is and line pastor with the word of God and say, well, if it doesn't happen to pastor, then the word of God must not really mean what it says. That's an insult. To God Almighty. So we have to measure ourselves with the word of God and not people. The Bible says those who compare themselves with others are not wise. We don't do that. We stay with what scripture tells us. Now in Psalm 103, which is a scripture that we all know very well. He says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. We want God's name blessed. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. So if you are a Christian, God has benefits for you that he doesn't want you to forget. Many times what God does not want us to forget, that's what we easily forget. And sometimes we argue against his benefits. And that's an amazing thing. Yeah, I know the word says this, but we don't want your but. Okay, We want to stay with what God says, not what man says, not man's opinions. And so what we get in the church is how I feel and how, what man says. We have to move away from that because we are living for God and not people. And God will not confirm your opinion but his word. And God doesn't go with popularity. So we get all these people believing this way so they must be right. No, if it's contrary to what God says... It's not right, no matter who believes in it. And how many people believe in it? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. Not some of his benefits, all of his benefits. If you are a child of God and you are blessing God, God doesn't want you to forget his benefits. If you forget his benefits, you are on the other side. You got to stay on his side. He says he forgives all your iniquities. He heals all your diseases. And he tells us who redeems you, your life, from destruction. That's very important. That's very important because you got people going around killing and bombing and all of that stuff. My mind says that's destruction. I'm not part of that. I'm not God, but God said it and God can keep his word. God knows and can order my feet so that not where they are going to put a bomb. 
As many as are led by the Spirit of God. We'll come into that. I don't know why I'm going into that right now. But it's very important that we need to believe these things right here. He redeems your life from destruction. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. And the Bible says we are crowned. So everywhere you go, you're wearing a crown. Your crown upon your head is called loving kindness and tender mercies. When you wear a crown, you're something special. Amen? And so when you're wearing a crown, the crown you wear is called loving kindness and tender mercies from God. And His mercies are new every morning. No matter what happened yesterday, you got new mercy. And they are tender. According to the Word of God. He satisfies your mouth with good things. So that your youth is renewed like the, uh, the eagles. I like this scripture these days very well. <laughs> it's a very important scripture to me right now. It's obvious that God brought salvation to us through our Lord Jesus Christ. And we have been taught, and I'm staying on the, word, the healing part of it. Who, for, who forgives all your iniquities? Who heals all your diseases? The past two lessons, or the first two lessons, we stayed with forgiveness of sin. And the fact that sin does not, cannot have dominion over me. No matter what I'm experiencing, doesn't matter how I feel, the Bible says sin shall not have dominion over you. Why? Because Jesus bore your sins. And died with it. Died with sins. And he rose, leaving sins behind. So sin, yes, you can have sin, but he shouldn't have dominion over your life. He shouldn't be the driving force in your life. He shouldn't have control over your life. And we also said that Jesus bore, just like he bore our sins on his own body, he also bore our sicknesses on his body. That's the part of this message, the gospel that's missing. We don't talk much about that. We have been heavily taught on salvation, being saved. And many times we want to talk more about being saved. We want people saved. That's good. Why? Because Jesus bore our sins and died for us, for our sins. We know that. But what we don't know, according to Scripture, He also died for our sicknesses. That's the truth. Isaiah 54 I mean, sorry, 53, verse 4 and 5, 6. He tells us he actually died for our sins, but by his stripes we were healed. And then Matthew chapter 8, verse 16 and 17, especially verse 17, it was clear there. The scripture says he did this to fulfill what was written by Isaiah the prophet. He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. The same body that bore our sins bore our sicknesses. Not two different bodies. The same body. Both the sin and the sickness that he bore on his body caused his death. And we are well taught on the this, this salvation from sin. We are not taught much about salvation from sickness. We have been taught so much about the sin bearer because he bore our sins on his body, but we haven't been taught much about the sickness bearer. And the Bible clearly says he bore bore our sicknesses upon his own body. You can't separate those two. 
If you go to Isaiah, he says it. You go to Matthew, he says it. He bore our sickness on his own body. You go to First Peter, Peter says it, verse 24. He tells you he bore our sins on his own body. But then he says, by whose stripes you were healed. You can't separate the two. But the preacher separates them and focuses on the salvation part of it. And he forgets about the part that Jesus also bore our sicknesses. Now, I said, if sickness wasn't evil, that evil, why would God put it on his son? His eternal son. Sickness is as evil as sin. Sickness is, sin will cost you a lot. It costs you a lot of pain. But I guarantee you, sickness will also cause you the same kind of pain in your home. And some homes have been destroyed because of sickness in the home. That's true. Your finances are gone. Sin will cause finances to leave. Sickness will also cause finances to leave. To leave the house. It's the truth. Sin will cause trouble in the home. Fighting, you know. Sickness will also cause the same. Those two things are evil. And God placed them on his son. So we know a lot about the salvation message from sin, but we don't talk about the salvation message for our sickness. How many people will be saved? If they come up here for us to pray for, they want to be saved, and you say, Brother, please repeat after me. Dear God, he says, Dear God, uh, uh, forgive my sins, uh, forgive my sins. I know your son died for me. Yes, I, yeah, he goes, I know your son. And, but now, God, save me if it be your will. Save me today, Lord, if it be your will. We have prayed in your son's name. Amen. Glory to God. And then you go around and say, do you feel saved? He says, no. He says, I don't feel saved. Okay, maybe you come back tomorrow. God may have changed his mind. And now he wants to save you. Let's try it again tomorrow. We don't do that. Who would be saved if you pray that way? If it be your will, God, if it be your will to save this man, please save him. He's not coming back to church again. He immediately will conclude it's not God's will to, hit, to save him. But that's exactly what we do when it comes to sickness. You lay hands on them, and especially if it's really bad sickness. God, if it be your will to take him home through this sickness, he'll be glory in heaven. So Lord, you may take him, just give him peace. Well, why don't you say the same to him? God, give him peace in his sin. You don't do that. You see how the Bible talks about us renewing our minds? Why? Because we have been so well taught on the, when it comes to salvation. We know a sinner cannot be too bad to be saved. Right? We don't care about his sin in history. Right? We don't care what happened to his father or whether it's a generation or... We don't care. We say, if you believe Jesus... I say, how do you know he's saved? Well, the Bible says that. Do you feel saved? Well, he just said the sinner's prayer and he repented and confessed his sin. So we know he's saved. How do you know that? You feel it? But we're so well taught, we know that. 
after I've prayed with them on Sunday morning, I go, I call my wife, guess how many people got saved today? How do you know? The Bible says if they confess with their mouth, right? Don't we say that? Do we ask them, do you feel saved? But that's exactly what we do. Do you feel healed? And he said, no, I don't. Well, why don't you come tomorrow? Maybe God will change his mind and heal you now. That's because we've been conditioned by the enemy to do that. So the gospel doesn't involve just salvation, but also healing. And we talked about it. Jesus, we talked about it last week. The people that brought their friend through the roof, they were looking for healing. Not sin forgiven, but what came out of Jesus' mouth is, your sins are forgiven you. Because once your sins are forgiven, Jesus who bore your sin also bore your sickness. You'll be free from the sickness. It will not be complete if Jesus healed you and you're not saved. That's why Jesus will say, we healed ten lepers. Only one came back. And he says, that was, go and be made completely whole. The man was already healed. What was he talking about? His soul. They always go together. The gospel of healing. I want to know. Did the disciples ever preach healing? Yeah. Believe me. I'm going to show you that in the scriptures. The disciples preached healing. The apostles preached healing. Just as they preached about salvation. We, we read the scriptures but we're not paying attention closely. But let God open your eyes so you see. Now what are we doing? Just as you are so strong with the message of salvation. And after you've received Christ you know you're saved. And it stays with you. And no one can convince you against your salvation. We want us to be as strong in that. Even though we are struggling. We know we are saved. You know you're healed. Regardless. If we don't teach it, there is no fit for it. The other day it was an amazing thing how Satan hears this stuff. If, you, if you're my mind, the way it works, I teach a lot about this, but I've never really done it for a while. And I know, and I mean, the early time of our church, I'll teach and pray for the sick. And I'll talk about it, especially when we have a healing service. My, my thing is to help the people faith. And I talk about, but the deep, there are a lot to know, and I'm coming to them. A lot to know, to know. And I heard somebody telling me, Pastor Andy was telling me, Pastor, you really need to go deep into the healing message. I said, yeah, but you know, we really don't have too much time. And sometimes people get very upset. I don't know why. And then a few days later, I had somebody sitting in my office and say, you always preach on healing. Said, you teach on healing. I don't ever do that. You're kidding. Where did that come from? So I made up my mind. Oh, the devil doesn't like this. I'm going into it. That's what I'm doing now. Don't like it. It's strange what the enemy is doing. To rob God's people and people standing in the way they won't go in, but they won't let others go in who want to go in. Because they claim they know. And Jesus was clear in John chapter 9. He says, you say you know, that's why you're blind. You need to pay attention to what the word says. They preached on healing. 
They, it was a message of healing. I'm going to share that with you. Look at what Paul says in Romans chapter 15, verse 18 through 19. He says, For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ has not accomplished through me. In word and in deed. To make the Gentiles obedient. In mighty signs and wonders. Did the scripture not say, that's Isaiah chapter 8 verse 18. I and the children whom the Lord has given to me, we are for signs and wonders. That's what he's saying here. He's a child of God, living the life of a child of God. He says, through signs and wonders, by the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Spirit of God. So that from Jerusalem and around about to Elyricum, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. Fully preached the gospel of Christ through signs and wonders. Why is it that we preach the gospel and we forget the signs? We forget the signs. He says, through this, I made them obedient. I, I heard a story of a guy, vile fellow, he, he's, he, he won't go to church and curse like crazy at work. And, um, but his child was sick. The wife went to church. I don't know why it's always the women that go to church and the men are starving. Uh, until God hits them real hard, that's when they go to church. <laughs> but most of the time, the men stay at home and send mama and their kids to church. Oh, y'all go to church. Pray for me now. No, you pray for yourself. But his, his child was very sick. And he knew there was no hope. And they took that child to a Pentecostal church and they prayed for that child and the child was healed. But he still didn't go to church. And still cursed like a sailor. But at work they said they were arguing about Christianity and some of them said there is no God and all of that. And he would talk and curse. But while they were arguing about that, he was quiet. He wouldn't say a word. He just listened to them. And somebody said, hey, this is unusual. You're not saying anything. He said, look, I know I don't live right, okay? You all know me. I'm crazy. But when it comes to this matter of God, I know there is a God. Let me tell you, my child, he spoke the gospel to them. Couldn't deny it, even though his life wasn't changed. He knew there was a God. And if something happens to him real bad, believe me, he'll be calling out to God. Because he's seen something. Now, let me go to this. Did Paul preach healing? Look at this scripture here. Acts chapter 14, verse 8 through 11. And in Lystra, a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting. A cripple from his mother's womb. So he's always been a cripple. He came from his mother's womb. He was born that way. Okay? Who had never... Again, I repeat, never walked. This man heard Paul speaking. He was speaking, right? It wasn't, he didn't say he heard Paul preaching about salvation. This is, this is not a Jew. The man wasn't a Jew. This was a Gentile city. Don't have the history of Christianity at all. He heard Paul speaking. Of what? Look at what the Bible says. 
It says, this man heard Paul speaking. Paul observing him intently and seeing he had faith to be healed. Notice Paul hadn't given, given any call for salvation yet. Okay? No salvation yet. But Paul was speaking and Paul was looking at him and can tell this crippled man has never worked. He's believing this stuff. Hello? He's believing this stuff. So Paul made a drama out of it. It says, Paul observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, so nobody can mistake what was going on. He said with a loud voice, stand up straight on your feet. And he limped and walked. Now when the people saw what Paul had done, who did it? Who did it? It says Paul. You can get religious. But it says Paul, right? Because he had the power in the name of Jesus to do it, right? He says Paul. Get religious on me. It was the Holy Spirit. Well, that's not what the Bible says. He says Paul. I know it's the Holy Spirit. But God used Paul. Don't get too spiritual for me. He says Paul. Amen? We get so spiritual or super spiritual, we forget the simple things. And we miss everything. When they saw what Paul had done, they raised their voices. They were screaming, saying in the Laracanian language, the gods have come down to us. <laughs> when they see miracles, they shout. But go back to what this man was listening to. Faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. If Paul was talking about just sins forgiven, why was he expecting to be healed? Question. I've been out when I'm preaching, especially when I'm talking, I'm, preach, I'm talking to people about being filled with the Holy Spirit. And I can actually see uh, in the crowd, I know the unbelieving believers among them. And, and when, you can tell when they come up to pray. And I'm speaking about how to be filled with the Holy Spirit and sharing with them. And I can actually see some of those guys, they lock eyes with you. If you move, they move. They, they are not listening to anybody. They are just following you. and They are not doing anything else. They don't go. They just they lock their eyes with you. And when I say, those of you who want to receive the Holy Spirit, come up. They're out. And they stand and they're looking at you. They, every word you say, they are listening. As soon as I pray with them and I ask them to receive the Holy Spirit. And I tell them, now join me. You can pray in tongues instantly, not a split second. They are loud, they are above everybody else, strong. Because I can tell, I've already noticed. And meanwhile, those of them that have been looking around, uh, I'm telling them to pray, guess what? They have their eyes open and they're looking, trying to see what was going on. Those are called the unbelieving believers. And they never receive anything. But I could tell, that guy is going to receive tonight. And get they receive a powerful baptism. Go back later, they are the leaders in the church. Because they believe the word. And that's exactly what was happening here. Paul could tell the way the guy was looking at him, as Paul possibly was talking about the different things Jesus had done, how many people have been healed, how, many, how he raised somebody from the dead. 
And the guy is thinking, he raised somebody from the dead. And Paul says, I was in this city and I, God did this and raised this person. And he's thinking, my problem is not as bad as that. I'm going to get well. And Paul immediately looking and said, now stand up. The split second, he was up. He was preaching the gospel of healing. That's the truth. Daddy also saved after that. Because the people believed this was God. God's come down. He says, no, it's Jesus. They got saved. And I'm sure after that, they're going to be running around, bringing all the sick people, from the, bringing them to, and they are both getting saved and getting healed. That's just the word of God. Now, sympathy does not produce faith. We need faith to be healed, to be saved. Many times, the preacher will sympathize with the individual, telling them, uh, saying, don't worry about this. Um, God must have a purpose in this, your sickness. And uh, he's trying to teach you a lesson to correct you. And uh, there's a reason God does everything. There's nothing that God does without a reason. God must have put this stuff on you to teach you a lesson. And uh, they're saying it to the fellow. But as soon as they leave, they, they go to the yellow pages. Or they all, their computer looking for the best doctor to remove the source of God's teaching in the person's life. They look for the best doctor in town to take away what they believe God placed in that person to teach them a lesson. If you truly believe that, why are you looking for a doctor take, to take it out? Why don't you let the person learn the lesson? And after God is true and God says, yes, the lesson is learned, let God take the sickness away from them. Why look for the doctor to take that thing that God placed in the person? If it's God's will for the person to be sick, let the person be sick. Don't look for a doctor. Don't take any medicine. I'm not against medicine because I believe all good and perfect gifts come from God. My brother, just get well. You take your medicine, it's okay with me, but don't tell me God put it on anybody. God didn't do that. And if God put it there to teach them a lesson, well, let it stay. When he's through with teaching them a lesson, then he takes it away. And if he didn't take it away, maybe they didn't learn the lesson. But that's not all true. The trouble is the way we have been taught. So we are not able to believe God. And it, when it gets to the point where it, you are so sick and you have nothing in you to fight, you can't fight. These things don't happen overnight. We believe in salvation because we've been taught through many years. So it's become part of us. It's second nature to us. And so we can wrestle and fight out of it because we know Jesus bore our sins and we can be free. But we haven't been taught that way with regards to healing. And I believe that if we are taught that way, then we'll believe. Every Jew knew that God had made a promise in the Old Testament with regards to their healing. Psalm 103, bless the Lord, O my soul, who heals all that disease. That was Old Testament. But Jesus will always say, your faith has made you 
Oh, to the Jew. They needed faith for them to be healed. And faith comes by hearing. They have to hear the message. You think the message was not out in the time of Jesus about healing? Oh, it was all over the place. People were talking about, you remember the woman with the issue of blood? What did she hear? She heard about Jesus saving people from their sins. No, she heard about Jesus healing. Right? And she had faith because she's heard about everything and went for it. Because there was a lot of preaching. They didn't know they were preaching it, but they were preaching it all over the place. Spreading the good news that there is a prophet in the land that heals every every disease and every sickness. Everyone was talking about it. I'm sure the women talked and gossiped about it. Before they went to sleep, how the prophet, what happened? Constantly, they're talking about it. So their faith was so high. Remember the man that brought the child to Jesus with the epilepsy stuff? And the, Jesus said, he said to Jesus, if you can do anything, please, Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. What was he talking about? Sin? No. Sickness. The same faith that is required for salvation is the faith we need for healing. No bigger. But our our attitude towards sin, because we have been so well taught, is different when it comes to sickness. We know once you say this prayer and mean it, you're healed. I mean saved. That was deliberate. But we don't have the same attitude when it comes to sickness because we haven't been taught. And I'm not rebuking anybody. That's the same way I was taught. Now I'm trying to reverse it, you know, or try to reverse that kind of thinking so that God can bring me to the same place that he's brought me when it comes to the matter of salvation. The church don't talk about that very much. All we're doing is about coping, how we can cope. Jesus dealt with sickness. He hated it. He hated it so badly. And we must have the same attitude towards it as Jesus had. Sympathy cannot produce faith. It's good to sympathize. As the preacher sympathizes, telling them all kinds of things, well, don't worry about all of that. But the person is, there's no faith there. It's better to say, I believe God's going to heal you because the word says this and we stay with it regardless of how we feel. Regardless, the feelings follow. Just like feelings follow our salvation after we pray. You feel different. We must have the same attitude when it comes to healing because Jesus bore our sins just as he bore our sicknesses. There's a curious scripture in uh, John chapter, chapter 3, uh, 14. Jesus was talking to Nicodemus, and Jesus made this statement. He says, just as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so the Son of Man will be lifted up, that whoever believes in him we have what? Everlasting life. Eternal life. 
will not perish, but have everlasting life. What was he talking about? Here, Jesus was talking about sin. Right? In the Old Testament, we're talking about poison resulting in physical death. So why, what's the comparison here? Why would Jesus use the brazen serpent talking about sin, whereas in the Old Testament, what they were dealing with was poison, venom from a snake that was resulting in physical death. Did they have to believe in the Old Testament? For the poison to be neutralized? Oh yes. If you don't believe, you, look, you will not look at a brazen serpent on a pole to neutralize physical venom in your body from a snake. That's a lot of faith. That's a lot of faith. You are in the field and you're bitten by a serpent and then you're turning around and disoriented. Where is the pole? That's a lot of faith. And then finally somebody says, oh, it's over there. And you turn. Now you see the pole. You're still feeling the venom going through your body. But you are what? At peace. Because I can see the pole now. And slowly but surely. That's a lot of faith. We don't think about this thing. They have a lot of faith. It's by faith. He says this in the scripture, you can read that in uh, Exodus, I mean in Numbers 21, chapter 21. He makes it very clear there that they rebelled against God and they sinned against God. They complained against Moses. And for that reason, God sent the fiery serpents into their camps. Or their camp. And it was causing them a lot. People died physically. Sin, death. Via venom from the serpent. If you read in the scripture, it says, Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned. For we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. Notice what God didn't do. He didn't take the serpent away. Notice what God has not done to us in the New Testament. Sin is still in the world. He won't take it away. Then will he take sickness away? He's still here. We still have to deal with it. Deal with them. And the only way to deal with them is faith. Through. Are you understanding what I'm talking about right? It makes a lot of sense. And the reason why we struggle is we haven't been taught very much. Once we're taught, we have faith in it, and then we begin to fight back. No, that's not my portion. No, that's not my children's portion. No, you're not coming to this family. But until you have that, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And the devil doesn't want this message out. He doesn't want it out. Fight it every time. How come you are talking too much about healing that we should talk about salvation? Well, people are dying from sickness. And when you're sick and you cry out to God and He's not healing you, 
you, are, you, be, I believe, you can believe with me, and I believe you may have some doubt in your heart. Did I do something wrong? Have you been there? I've been there. You've wondered, why is God not healing me? Maybe I've done something and I don't know. So I confess everything <laughs> to make sure everything is taken care of, especially when they tell you there is nothing we can do. That's very painful. It's painful to me. I'm just a man. But I need to believe this book. I need to stand with this book. Like I said, we're not running a group race. It's an individual race. Every man for himself. Every man for himself. We don't want to get to the place where we are so sick, then you want to believe God overnight. It doesn't work that way. You have to build it in you. Remember on Sunday we are talking about the foundation? Christ is the foundation. I don't have to wait until I'm sick. People say, I don't want to hear that. That's not my problem. (laughs) Believe me, you're going to get there. Everyone is part of life. It's part of the storms we have to fight. You can't say you would not be tempted to sin. Neither would you say, well, I'll never sin, ever. No, you're tempted, but you can rise. Because you know the word. So they tell... I'm trying to get my... um, time here. It says in verse 8, Then the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole, and it shall be that everyone who is beaten, when he looks looks at it, shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and put it on a pole, and so it was, if a serpent had beaten anyone, when he looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. The serpent, a type of sin. The venom from the serpent, a type of sickness. You look at the pole, and you're both the sin and the consequence of the sin neutralized. And you live. That's Old Testament. And so Jesus said, just as Moses, in the same fashion, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, and they had to look by faith, even so the Son of Man is going to be lifted up. So if you are beaten, or sickness comes at you, or sin, whatever it is, sickness will kill you faster than just sinning. I mean, people live for years sinning. (laughs) Right? But with sickness... Uh, if you if he's not taken care of, you're gone. If he gets on your child, if something doesn't happen, God doesn't intervene. The doctors don't know what to do. We know the outcome. No more living. So it's very important to God that we live, because Jesus said, "I came that they might have life and have it more abundantly." Why should I have abundant life and die young? That's not abundant. Think about it. I mean, we don't think. But that's the truth. And Psalm 91 says, I will satisfy you with what? That's scripture. God's giving me this word. I will satisfy you with long life. Here comes some silly sickness telling me, uh, did God say he'll give you long life? Well, he must have forgotten uh, me, sickness. So I'm going to cut that short and take God's words away from your life. Uh Uh-uh. No. It depends on Whose side are you on? Choose ye this day. 
Amen? You choose. I choose not to be on the other side, regardless of how I feel. I choose to stay with God's word. I'm not going by anybody's experience. Because we are not running a group race. It's me and God. If it doesn't work for me, it's between me and my God. That's all I know. I don't judge anybody. don't know anything. All I know, I've got to stay with this book. Got to stay with this book. Amen? This is the truth. You know, God made himself, in the Old Testament, their physician. He was very clear on it. Very clear on it. Some of these things I'm sharing with you today, years back, you know, when God started teaching me these things, there were nights I was begging him, please let me sleep. It was just things just coming at me. Sometimes I'm laughing to myself as I'm thinking some of these things that preachers say that was so silly, uh, you know, telling people it must be God's will for you to be sick. And I thought to myself, what father, good father, is going to put uh, HIV in his uh, son's mouth to teach him a lesson? And Jesus was clear. You earthly fathers don't do that. You, give, you know to give your children good things. You don't discipline your child with sickness. You do that, put HIV out, call CPS. And believe me, you will be in jail for a long time. That's not God. That's Satan lying to believers. Satan lying to us. We must renew our minds. We must be transformed by the renewing of our minds. How do we renew our minds? Stay with what God says. And refuse to believe, uh, believe what the lie coming from the enemy. Stand with God. And to me, one with God is a majority. Stay with what God says through his word. Amen? I have a lot that I want to share with this. Time is gone tonight. But there is a scripture. You know our preacher says finally and then there's another finally. <laughs> We're all guilty of that. But there's a scripture in um, Exodus chapter, chapter 15. They got, the children of Israel got to a place and they couldn't drink the water because the water was bitter. Just like sin makes our life very bitter. And they complained against God uh, and Moses saying, we don't have any water to drink. And God said to Moses, I want you to look for a tree. A tree, the cross. Amen? The cross. Put it in that water. And life will be sweet again. Amen? He turns the bitter water, the water represents life. He turns the bitter water into something sweet. The cross, the tree. You, can, you see the scriptures, the bracing serpent, healing them. And then the water. But you know, after God did that, and the water was made sweet, all of a sudden God was making an ordinance for them and a statute. And God says, look, I want you to keep my statutes and keep my commandments. If you do these things, I will not permit... Not put. I will not permit any of those sicknesses that you see on the uh, Egyptians. That's the worldly people. 
God said, I will not allow any of those sickness and disease that you see on them. Because I am the Lord who heals you. I kept thinking, what has what bitter water got to do with healing? We sang it tonight. Bitter water, sin can cause your life to be bitter. God forgives that, puts the cross on it, and you are both forgiven. Again, we put the two together. You are both forgiven and healed at the same time. You are both forgiven and healed at the same time. Your life is made sweet, but also you are healed at the same time. And God says, from now on, I am the Lord, your physician. And that was what it was for them. And you can go to Psalm 105. There was not one sick person, about three million people. Not a single soul was sick. Not a single soul. Psalm 105 verse 37 tells us that. Not, nobody was weak. No child had a runny nose. Based on the promise God gave to them. And listen, why is it that those of us born on the other side of the cross with a better covenant than they had, their blood was that of goats and bulls. And here we are with the blood of Christ, nothing. The simple answer is, we don't preach the message enough of healing. We don't preach it enough. When I traveled as an evangelist and I'm in a close, that's all I preached about on healing. And guess what? Every night I saw people healed. Every night. Every night. The first night you got a crowd, and then the next night... The crowd, you got more people. I used to, it was, it was, it was, uh, I enjoyed it. It was fun. I like being a pastor, but boy, to see every night. You, they come in, dragging, and then you see them jumping and they testify. The blind, the deaf, all of that stuff. It's exciting. I didn't want to leave that. It was fun. Except that uh, I had to travel to Nigeria most of it and around the country away from my family. But it was fun to see them, old, young, blind, insane. There's a story of a girl that was insane for two years. And they, they saw, those people saw what, was going, what God was doing in the crusade, and they went to get her from the street, shaved her hair. I have the video in my office, and she came in. Nobody told me. She saw me, and the demons reacted, and I laid the hands on her. She was throwing at my hand. I said, please, hold her hand. She's... She's hurting me real bad. <laughs> and after that, I saw the girl among those that I was praying for to receive the Holy Spirit and thought nothing about it. Later, I was told people were driving from everywhere just to watch her interact with her family. She's just back normal. Jesus did that. Every night, she got them saved and saved with the Holy Spirit. More people. And they were camping in the ground. They stayed. They wouldn't go home. Oh, it was fun. I felt so little. I said, they're all waiting to hear me. God, please help me. All these people, you got to do something for me today. And it happened. It was fun. I enjoyed it. Because God will never deny his word.
It gives me confidence. I don't listen to people. The word gives me confidence. Because God's word never falls to the ground. Many times they are healed. I have, I have no idea what's going on in the field. No idea. He sent his word and his word healed them. And the word is healing you tonight. Can I hear an amen? The word is healing you tonight. No matter what you got, you preach the word, he confirms it. Remember, the Bible tells us the Lord walking with them, confirming the word with what? Signs following. Amen? My daughter thinks it's too long. Get the better stuff. <laughs> I'm kidding. Huh? Chris? Okay. Anyone that needs prayer, please come. That's Chris back that way, right? Okay. If you need prayer tonight, please come and God, God will heal.